Can't Wait for Christmas is a proud member of the Christmas Podcast Network. Check out all the shows on the network at christmaspodcastnetwork.com. Hey, buddy, what you doing? Is it Christmas yet? No, sorry, not yet. I can't wait for Christmas. Yeah, I can't wait for Christmas either. In fact, let's celebrate now. <laughs> Welcome to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. It's April 25th, 2022, and that means there's eight months left until Christmas. Today on the show, we're going to look at ways we can give a Christmas present to Mother Earth by having a more environmentally friendly Christmas. I'll also tell you about a new Christmas discovery I made at Disneyland, we'll count down the top five reasons that Santa Claus might be a wizard, and we'll hear your ideas for recasting Home Alone in our newest feature, Recastmas Time. Okay, let's start the show! Greetings, you believers, and welcome to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast, the show all about Christmas history, Christmas traditions, Christmas media, and everything else Christmas. I'm your host, Tim Babb, coming to you from my Christmas cave. Happy to be with you as always. I've actually been a little lonely for the last week. My wife and kids have been out of town, so I've had the place to myself for a while. But you know what they say, when the cat's away, the mouse will turn on the Christmas lights and blare Christmas music throughout the house. Is that not the saying? Pretty sure that's the saying. But before my wife and kids left, but after we last talked, yours truly went to the happiest place on Earth, Disneyland. And so that leads us to our first segment, We Need a Little Christmas, now. We need a little Christmas now. So I hadn't been to Disneyland since a few months before the pandemic, and there have been several changes that I was excited to see. The new Avengers campus, the Star Wars Rise of the Resistance ride, but there was one change I was not expecting. You see, at the end of Main Street, there used to be a little shop for all your photo needs. You could buy film, disposable cameras, and even physical copies of the many photo ops and ride photos throughout the park. Now, anyone under 20 is probably like, what are all those words you just said, Grandpa? Because physical photos really just aren't a thing anymore. Everybody's gone digital. So the folks at Disneyland decided to get rid of that store and repurpose it and turn it into a Christmas store! Yep, the new store is called the Plaza Point Holiday Shop, and they've got Christmas stuff all year now. They have tons of ornaments, they have dishes, stockings, lights, and even a huge Disneyland Railroad train to go under the tree. It was a little pricey for me, so I didn't get the train, but I did score a light-up ornament of the castle that is hanging on my year-round Christmas cave tree right now. But really, it's just nice to know that the next time I go to Disneyland, I can get a little Disney Christmas fix no matter what time of year I go. And now it's time for our countdown feature, Five Golden Things. So when I planned ahead to do this list today, I assumed we'd be riding the red-hot coattails of the blockbuster smash hit Fantastic Beasts Secrets of Dumbledore. Well, as it turns out, either the people are sick of the problematic author, put off by the scandals with the cast, or they are just weary of the 11th movie in the Harry Potter franchise, especially when the last three didn't even have Harry Potter in them. But whatever the reason, the movie kind of fizzled out of the box office. But regardless of any apathy or even ill will people seem to have towards the franchise and or its creator, 
there is still a lot of love for what the marketing wizards at Warner Brothers have dubbed the Wizarding World. Sort of separate from everything else, the story and the lore has really captured people's imaginations. Lots of people will tell you what Wizarding House they believe they're from. Many people have very strong opinions about whether or not Snape was actually a good or bad person, but also, people love to theorize about who might actually be a wizard or witch. And that brings us to our list, because the internet struck upon the idea that Santa Claus might actually be a wizard. And they found evidence supporting this idea, and I'd like to share the top five most interesting theories with you right now. Now, I'm not saying this is the truth, I'm not saying it's not, but I am saying it's interesting. So here are the top five explanations about why Santa Claus could be a wizard. Number five, flu powder. Famously, Santa comes into our homes every year via the chimney. But as the movie Gremlins reminds us, the chimney is a very dangerous and awful way to try and enter a house. No one should try that once, much less millions of times a year. But the Harry Potter world has a magic substance called flu powder, which allows wizards to magically travel between fireplaces. So maybe that's how Santa has been traveling, so long as he remembers to keep his elbows tucked in, his eyes shut, and doesn't fight or panic. Number four. Undetectable extension charm. Another of Santa's mysteries is how he puts enough toys for all the children of the world into one relatively small sack that he can sling over his shoulder. Well, if Santa was a wizard, he could use an undetectable extension charm. Basically, you can increase the internal size of an object without increasing the external size or the external weight. It's kind of like Doctor Who's TARDIS or, more appropriately, the bag from Mary Poppins. Number three. House Elves. Santa, very famously, has a workshop where the toys are made that is staffed by little elves. Well, these Potterheads on the internet theorize that those elves are house elves. Although, that does create a disturbing scenario. You see, in the Harry Potter books, house elves are essentially slaves. It doesn't get expanded upon in the movies as much as in the books, but it seems like most families treat their elf slaves like dirt. Hermione tried to start a movement to free the elves, but it never seems to meet with much success. And that's partly because a lot of the elves don't want to be free, because a life of servitude is all they've ever known. However, the way to make this headcanon of Santa using house elves palatable to me is to think that perhaps Santa's workshop is a home for freed elves. They're no longer beholden to a wizard master, but they still want to be of service. So Santa lets them work at building toys so they can bring joy to little muggle children everywhere. You gotta fill in a lot of backstory to make that headcanon work, but it gets there in the end. Number two. Time Turner. Probably the most amazing thing about Santa is that he's able to visit every house in the world in one night. I believe they've done calculations on this, and he'd have to be moving close to the speed of light to do all that in one night. But if he was a wizard, he could have access to something called a time turner. It allows you to go back in time. If he just used that all night, he could take as long as he wants in each house. This might also explain why different Santa trackers show Santa at different points throughout the night. Honorable mentions! Protective enchantment. So when people first started hearing about Santa and his exploits, the North Pole was a mysterious, inaccessible, frozen wasteland. I mean, it's still frozen, but I mean, it made sense that no one had ever seen it. But now we have radar, satellites, and all sorts of technology that should let us find it. But why don't we? The wizard answer would be something called protective enchantment. That's what they have around the wizarding school of Hogwarts so that muggles can't find it. Number one. Obliviate. But here's a real question. 
how has no one ever caught Santa in all these years? All these times he's come in and out of all these houses, someone had to be awake, right? Some poor kid who just woke up with a bad dream, or some poor parent still slaving away making preparations for Christmas the next day, had to still be awake when Santa showed up. Well, that's when Santa the Wizard would pull out the old Obliviate spell, or as some of us like to call it, Forgeticus! which is not a word, but is more accurately called a memory charm. Basically, you can make people forget specific things. It's kind of like what Doctor Strange was trying to do writ large for Peter Parker in Spider-Man No Way Home. So maybe that's how St. Nick keeps the secrets of Santa Claus. See how if the Secrets of Dumbledore movie had been a bigger hit, that would have been a great closing line? Ah, well, that's the end of my list of theories. Have any more compelling evidence that Santa's a wizard? Send it into us at christmas at tarancast.com. Or if you can think of another category Santa might fall into, I'd love to hear that theory too. As you may recall, years ago we did one of these five golden things about why Santa might be a Time Lord from Doctor Who. So, what else might Santa be? A Jedi? A Kryptonian? A Teletubby? Okay, that last one might be a stretch, but even so, if it's interesting, I'd love to hear about it and maybe even feature it on a future show. And now a word from one of the other podcasts in the Christmas Podcast Network. I'm Chris. I'm Brian. I'm John. Together, we host the Yuletide TV Podcast, where we're on the quest to find the best Christmas TV episodes ever made. On our podcast, we'll recap the episode, share a little bit of our own holiday memories, and go down a few non-Christmas tangents. And at the end, we'll let you know if what we watched is a Christmas classic, a lump of coal, or something in between. Best of all, you can watch along with us, because we only cover episodes that are readily available on major streaming services. We like our eggnog spikes, so get ready for some hot takes served with a healthy dose of Christmas cheer. Our podcast may not be for everyone, but no matter what, we're glad you're alive. Welcome back. A few days ago, it was Earth Day, where we honor the Earth and pledge to do better to protect our planet. In that spirit, I thought it might be a good idea to look at ways we can celebrate Christmas in a more environmentally responsible way. Now, let me say this right off the bat before I even get started. I did a bit of research before I started this, as I'm sure you would hope I would. You don't want me to just flip on the microphone and just start babbling off the top of my head. But I noticed a common theme when I was reading, watching, or listening to other people talking about celebrating a more environmentally friendly Christmas. It's kind of like in my stand-up act, uh, I talk about how all exercise videos are basically made by people who love exercising. So if you don't, and you pop one of those videos on, it can be a little off-putting. The same is true for these environmental Christmas folks. They really love to exercise? No, imaginary listener sounds kind of like Hermit the Frog. What I'm saying is they are already deeply involved in a conservation lifestyle. They live this life every day, not just at Christmas. So it can feel unobtainable to jump from the way you live your life in November to how they want you to live your life in December. And it can make you feel like you're falling short if everything you do during Christmas isn't 100% biodegradable organic craft project that you will never throw away. And in fairness to the people creating this content, I'm sure they don't mean it to sound that way. But I found I was getting a bit overwhelmed with that feeling when I was looking into this topic. Well, the good news is, I'm not that guy. Like, I try to make good choices in terms of the environment and waste, but I'm certainly no expert on it. Of course, I am certainly open to ways to tweak my Christmas celebration and make it more Earth-friendly. And with that said, here are some of the suggestions I found. (music) 
The first big one I saw over and over again was about our gift wrapping. If you can, it's great to use a gift bag or something that can be used again and won't be immediately thrown away. One suggestion I heard was going to the after Christmas sales and snapping up those high quality gift boxes. That way you can get multiple uses out of it and you get it at a better price. I also heard of people wrapping the presents in scarves or other clothing type items because then not only do you get a gift, you get a double gift because, hey, scarf. But if you are using wrapping paper and you want to recycle it afterwards, be sure to grab regular flat paper. Once it's got glitter or a shiny finish, it's not recyclable. Another thing they suggest is buying fewer gifts. Now, by that, they don't mean not to get your friends and family presents. Of course you're going to get them presents. Except Carl. He knows what he did. But consider getting one present that will mean something to the person instead of a bunch of presents that they won't really care about. And part of that is planning ahead. If you leave your shopping to the last minute, you're more likely to just grab whatever you can at the store, decide it's not good enough, grab something else, something else, until you've convinced yourself that this armload of mediocre is what they wanted, but really, a little foresight and forethought would likely have let you find the one gift that would really mean something and produce less waste in the process. Also, can we get rid of the stigma about re-gifting or secondhand gifts? If there's one thing the wild success of the website eBay has taught us is that people really want stuff that was once someone else's stuff. So secondhand stores and garage sales are great local ways to find something for someone that causes less strain on our planet's resources. And also, a gift doesn't have to be a thing. Experiences are great gifts that the Bab family has definitely embraced in the last few years. I mean, that trip to Disneyland I just took was a Christmas present for my wife and my mom last year. One year, I got my mom a subscription to Disney+, and last year, my mom got my son's season passes to a local water slide park for this whole summer. Now, those are all big-ticket items, and I know not everyone can do that, but a movie, a coffee, a dinner, those are all great gift ideas that don't have to come with a big wad of unrecyclable plastic. And speaking of dinner, food is an oftentimes overlooked area where we could be more mindful over the holidays. We certainly buy a lot of food, and a lot of it goes uneaten. And that is certainly wasteful. So part of that is trying not to buy too much. Look, I know you like grandma's fruitcake recipe, but if no one else eats it every year, maybe stop bringing it to the party because you're just going to throw most of it away. Also, since it was Earth Day during the time I was researching this, I went to EarthDay.org and they suggested that plant-based dishes are better for the environment and they even had some recipe ideas for stuff like spice carrots and even chocolate cake. I'll put the link to those in the show notes. Also, try and use everything you buy. Don't toss those leftovers. Save them and eat them. And if they happen to go bad before you get a chance, see if you can compost them instead of just chucking them in the trash. When I lived in Redwood City, our waste collection company was called Ecology, and they had a great composting program. That's something I really miss here in San Jose. Did you hear me, city of San Jose? That is probably not listening to this. (sighs) Also, store-bought decorations are great. I have many of them. But DIY decorations are loads of fun, too. My mom still uses an angel tree topper I made in kindergarten. Kindergarten! So over 20 years ago. 20? It's been way more than 20. Quite you. And speaking of decorations, make sure your Christmas lights don't go on until after it's dark. It'll save electricity, and they really don't pop in the daytime anyway. Okay, I think I've loaded you up with a lot, and you might be feeling how I was when I was researching this. Like, this is a lot of change to try and implement before Christmas. Well, slow down. This isn't some mandatory decree. You don't have to check every box, otherwise you hate the earth. No. Think of it like Christmas dinner. No one's expecting you to swallow the whole thing at once, and frankly, if you did... That would probably be pretty harmful. So instead, take it one bite at a time. Pick something you know you can do to make your next Christmas more eco-friendly. Then, see if you can add something else the next year. Remember, doing just a little bit better is better than not doing better at all. 
Besides, there's a lot of us celebrating Christmas every year. And even if we all do just a little, it could add up to quite a lot. So this Christmas, try your best and go green. (laughs) See what I did there? Nope. Of course not. Okay, let's move on to our final segment, Recastmas Time. Simply having a wacky Recastmas Time. So all year, I'm asking you to recast the Christmas movies and specials that we know and love and see if we can make something familiar into something new and interesting. Last time, thanks to a suggestion from Lucy, I asked you to recast the 1990 classic Home Alone. You guys came up with some great ideas from all over. For instance, we got some from Facebook, like this one from Timothy. And I swear, it's not just me using the most obvious fake name ever. No, it's really somebody else named Timothy who writes... I think you do a Muppet remake. Kermit's nephew as Kevin, Miss Piggy as the mom, Kermit as the dad, Statler and Waldorf as the bandits, Gonzo as the scary but misunderstood neighbor, and Ralph as the John Candy character. I love it! And I feel like that could work just about any movie that we try and do this year. Just recast it with the Muppets. Who would say no to that? Not me. Thanks, Timothy. Next up, Kinsey says, I would put Finn Wolfhard, Mike from Stranger Things, uh, the remake of It and Ghostbusters, I'd specifically cast him at his age in the first season of Stranger Things. His character plays D&D and takes on life-changing challenges, and I could definitely see him using his walkie-talkie and taking a slightly more sci-fi nerd approach to the Wet Bandits. Nice. I could definitely see that working. He certainly proved himself to be a child star with good acting chops. Next up, Scott from the Holly Jolly Ex Masu podcast favored us with this recastmasing. I'd say take it in a Tarantino direction. Tim Roth as Kevin, Steve Buscemi and Michael Madsen as the bandits, Harvey Keitel as the scary neighbor, Pam Greer or Bridget Fonda as the mom, Quentin can play the John Candy role, bring back Stephen Wright as K-Billy, it would definitely have to go on Hulu. Well, that's certainly a different take on Home Alone, but you know what they say, why remake a film unless you have something different to add, right? Thanks, Scott. We also got some casting ideas from Instagram, like this one from Mr. Christmas 365 who said, Okay, the Wet Bandits, I would go for Charlie Day and Danny DeVito. Of course, they're on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia together, but I think they would be great as the Wet Bandits. I would like to see Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum as the second choice. If I'm allowed, I'd recast Kevin as Kaylee McAllister and put Darby Camp, Katie Pierce from The Christmas Chronicles, as the actress. The mom would be Amy Poehler, Leslie Crope from Parks and Rec, and the scary neighbor and old man Marley, Robert De Niro. Very nice indeed. I don't watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but I get good vibes off Danny and Charlie together. And I really like Darby in those Christmas Chronicle movies, so I totally think that recasting would work. Turning now to our emails, people sent some recastmastings to christmasattancast.com, like Benji, who said, Here's my cast for the Home Alone recastmas. Kevin McAllister, Shirley Temple. Peter McAllister, Bing Crosby. Kate McAllister, Rosemary Clooney. Harry, Lou Costello, Marv, Bud Abbott. Come on! How classic can you get? I feel like Shirley Temple in the same flick with Abbott and Costello would have broken box office records if they could have done it at the time. Unless they did do it at the time, and I'm just as not as knowledgeable about film history as I think I am, which is a distinct possibility. Thanks, Benji. Next email is from Melissa, who says... I'm not a fan of Home Alone, so here's my recast. I would make it with a girl instead of a boy. Well, Melissa, you're the third person to do that, so I actually don't think it's a controversial choice. But let's get into the nitty-gritty of the casting. For Kevin, Marseille Martin. She's funny and has already starred in her own movie, Little, which is pretty good. Wet Bandits, Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. They are so funny together, especially when they are fighting. I think that's now two votes for Channing and Jonah, so clearly that is a good choice. Buzz, Zendaya. She just makes every movie better by being in it. Dad, Terry Crews, very funny. Mother, Regina Hall, perfect for the mother and also funny. 
Catherine O'Hara. It would be cool for her to have a cameo appearance. Polka band leader, Jack Black. For someone who doesn't like Home Alone, Melissa, you did a great job. I love a good gender swap, and you had me at Terry Crews. I love that dude in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Then, Jack Black, icing on the cake. Our next email is from the folks who suggested this movie for us, Lucy and Paul. Lucy and I have several options for who we'd like to see in a remake. Ryan Reynolds and The Rock as the bandits, with Martha Kressler, who plays Constance from the Mysterious Benedict Society, as the kid left at home. If an animated version were to happen, then Captain Hook and Mr. Smee as the bandits, with Bart Simpson as the kid left at home. And then their third option is Will Ferrell and John C. Riley would be great as the bandits, with Buckwheat as the kid. Very nice! I especially like the animated All-Star Edition, kind of like if they did the casting from Toontown in the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Now, we also got recastmas ideas from TikTok. Brian, a.k.a. Captain Slinky, sent us this. Well, Tim, I think I'm going to go with a full-fledged action film version, something that can be shown alongside classics like uh, Die Hard or Invasion USA or RoboCop 3. So as Kevin, I think that I would cast Dwayne The Rock Johnson uh, and as the Wet Bandits, this is a bit of a stunt type of a uh, casting, but I'm going to cast Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone working together finally as the bad guys. This is going to be an epic. Now, I don't know if we're talking about de-aging The Rock to be a kid again or doing this when he was a kid or just the premise of the movie is now a 40 plus year old man is left home alone. No matter which way you slice it, though, I'm in. Lastly, we have Brandon, who not only emailed in his recastmas ideas, he emailed them in audio form. So he completely produced this himself. Take a listen. Hey there, Tim, and all you Can't Wait for Christmas podcast listeners out there. How's it going? My name is Brandon, and I am from Baltimore, Maryland, USA. And here are my picks for the recasting of Home Alone. Let's start off with Gus Polinski. I'm going to be casting Will Sasso in that role. He used to actually be called Candy in Cleats in high school, so I think that'd be a nice homage to John Candy. You brought it up. I was just, you know, trying to cheer you up. How about the Santa that is in one scene of Home Alone? I'm going to cast Dennis Leary in that role from uh, Rescue Me Fame, among other things. Uncle Frank, I'd like to see John Hamm playing that role. Of course, he is from Mad Men fame, and uh, I can just see John Hen saying that that iconic line. Look what you did, you little jerk. Old Man Marley, I'd like to see Sam Elliott in that role. And then I'm thinking of a good duo to play Kevin's dad and mom. And of course, uh, my girlfriend and I are re-watching Friday Night Lights. So I thought Kyle Chandler and Connie Britton. Just those two are absolutely fantastic. Buzz, I'd like to do a little role reversal here and actually have Buzz be an older sister played by Aubrey Plaza. And then for Kevin, I was thinking Caitlin Deaver from Last Man Standing, among other things. I always thought she was fantastic in that show. And uh, she's showing right now that she can kind of stand on her own in, in movie roles. So I think she could take over this iconic character of Kevin McAllister and really make it her own. And then I think for Marv and Harry, I would cast Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul. Of course, that duo from Breaking Bad. And uh, I think the two of them worked so well together. 
I'd like to see what they can do together in more of a comedy role. We know that Brian Cranston is so talented, he can do pretty much anything. But seeing these two guys work together and uh, again, but more of a comedic fashion, I think would be really, really fun. So those are my picks for the recasting of Home Alone. Tim, thank you so much for allowing me to put my picks out there on your podcast. Keep up the great work. And everybody, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. I assume you're all joining me in this clap as you slowly stand up. No? You just want me to get on with the podcast? Fair, but mad respect, Brandon. Great choices, expertly delivered. And thank you to everyone who sent in their choices for who to recast in Home Alone. What say we pick a different movie and do this all again next time? This time we'll go with a suggestion from John, who said we should recast Miss 1947's Miracle on 34th Street. This one has a lot of great roles to play with, and another child star just like Home Alone. However, it should be noted that in 1994, they already did a remake of this movie. So if you just suggest the cast of that movie, you will lose points. On the other hand, no one is keeping track of these points, and they don't matter. That all being said, let us know how you would recast Miracle on 34th Street. Remember, this can use actors from any time period, actors at any point in their career, and it doesn't matter if in real life they wouldn't get along, you can still use them in this recastmas. You can keep it consistent, like you are casting in a certain year, or pluck any actors or actresses out of the time stream and put them in just how you like. Just like the folks you heard from today, you can send your choices in by email, christmas at tancast.com, Facebook, can't wait for Christmas pod, Instagram, can't wait for Christmas pod, TikTok, can't wait for Christmas pod, or Twitter, where we're just Christmas pod. Let us know who you would put in Miracle on 34th Street so we can all have a wacky recastmas time. We're simply having a wacky recastmas time. And that's our show. I wanted to mention before we go, I'm finally back out doing stand-up again in our post-lockdown world. I actually booked and performed a show in Sunnyvale, California between recording the last episode and recording this one, so I couldn't tell you about it ahead of time. But I'll be doing some more shows on June 9th and 10th. On June 9th, I'll be at the Back Room in Berkeley, California, and June 10th, I'll be at the Washington Inn in Oakland, California. I'll have details in the show notes, and if you'd like to come out for laughs, I would love to see you. While you're in the show notes, be sure to check out those environmentally friendly Christmas recipes from EarthDay.org, and don't forget to send in your recastmas ideas from Miracle on 34th Street. Well, that's all the reminders I can think of. Thank you so much for listening. Be safe out there, and until next time, you believers, keep laughing all the way. And that was Christmas 1983. Actually, Dad, it's 2022. Oh. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, a.k.a. iTunes, and email us about it at christmas at tancast.com, we'll send you a free Can't Wait for Christmas sticker. If you'd like to see the show notes or leave a comment on this or any other episodes, you can go to our official website, Can't Wait for Christmas pod.com. While you're there, you'll find a link to our official Zazzle store where you can grab customizable t-shirts, ornaments, stickers, and all sorts of other Christmas-themed items all year long. We'd love to connect with you on social media. On Facebook and Instagram, we are Can't Wait for Christmas Pod. And on Twitter, we are at Christmas Pod. 
We Wish You a Merry Christmas was performed by the United States Marine Corps Band, and this amazing version of Jingle Bells on the accordion was performed by the wonderful and talented Christian Nowicki. All other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of their individual copyright holders, and they are used for purposes of commentary and review. No infringement is intended. Okay, boys, did I forget anything? God bless us, everyone. Merry Christmas! But if he was a wizard, he would have... But if he was a wizard, he could have... If I was a wizard, I would have access to Tungacus! Workacus! One suggestion I heard... One suggestion I heard was going to uh, the after Christmas sales and snapping. One suggestion I heard was going to. <laughs> One suggestion I heard was learn how to read your own writing. <laughs> <clears throat> Pick something you know you can do to make your next. <laughs> I'll pick something I can do, but it won't be read. I never learned to read. But you wrote this, Tim. I don't know. Remember, doing just a little bit better is better than not doing better at all. You think you could work better into that sentence a few more times? I can try. You're better. I see what you did there. Ah. The imaginary listener that sounds like Kermit the Frog also starts to sound like Fozzie. It's going to be the imaginary listener that sounds like a cross between Kermit and Fozzie soon enough. And that's our show. I wanted to mention before we go, I'm family. I wanted to mention lots of things, but my mouth has other plans. I know if you just hear these outtakes back to back, it doesn't seem like, why is he getting so upset? I have been flubbing and blubbing so long. Like most of them aren't funny enough, so I'm pretty sure I didn't put them in the outtakes, but mostly just... Not saying words right. Like, this is one of the worst record. Like, I don't know what's wrong with my lips, but apparently my wife and kids out of my town, the lips don't work. The tongue doesn't work. Somewhere between the brain reading the words and the mouth saying the words, total failure without the wife and kids around. So good thing I'm going to go pick them up tomorrow. All right, let's try and bring this puppy in for a landing. While you're in the show notes, be sure to check out those environmental... <laughs> I'm so close to the end. I'm so close to the end, but I can't do it. Lips work. Be safe out there, and until next time, you believers, keep laughing all the way. Oh, it's done. It's done. I hope when I re-listen, I didn't. Have, I don't have to do it over because I don't think I can. <laughs> uh.